Hey everybody, and welcome to the Harvest Community Church Podcast. We hope this message today brings you encouragement and inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. If you ever have any questions or you want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out at harvesttn.com. Enjoy the message. Turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. We're going to pick up and talk a little bit about where we started last week. And last week I wanted to kind of set a foundation uh, for, for the message. And then um, t- today we're just going to kind of get a little bit practical with it. I think there are moments when we, we get inoculated uh, to certain things. Uh, we hear just enough about the love about loving others or love in the Bible that when we hear a, a message coming on it, it's like okay, I've heard that before, and so maybe we don't pay attention the way we need to. I went back again and started just really studying and looking looking at Jesus. How many of you know this is really all about Him? Does anybody know that? We give him, I think sometimes we give him lip service as if, yeah, Lord, this whole thing's about you. But then we act as if it's all about us. We live as, as if it's all about us. Um, we do church as if it's all about us. And yet we say it's all about him. And so I think sometimes we just have to kind of pull ourselves back and say, okay, let's look at him again. And let's see what was important to Jesus. And so last week we looked at the fact that uh, John the Baptist kind of stood in the middle of the Old Testament and Jesus coming to bring the new covenant. And he preached the message of the kingdom. And in the message of the kingdom he said, guys, listen, um, there should be fruit that comes along. You need to repent. You need to change the way you're thinking. And with that, there should be fruit that comes. And so some of them stand around and say, well, okay, what is that fruit? What's it look like? And, and pretty well, we looked at three different answers. He answered the Pharisees, he answered the crowd, he answered the soldiers. And rather than being very specific on each one of those things, Jesus pretty well said, treat people right. Treat people right. He pretty well said, treat people the way you want to be treated. And in the very essence of doing Christianity the way Jesus says do Christianity is the way of love. Do you see that? It's the way of love. And so if we're not operating in the way of love, then we're not operating as Jesus built his church to operate. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of love. Now, if you're sitting there saying, if you're sitting there thinking, oh, here goes another one of those love sermons, and, but these, these preachers preach these love sermons, but then once you put the but in after the love, you've already messed up. It's not a matter that Jesus said uh, that Jesus' way is a way of love, but it's Jesus' way is a way of love. Now, you may have to discover what that means, but there are no buts about it. Anybody with me? 
And so if, if, if that was that important to Jesus, then we probably ought to learn about it and learn what he means. What do you think? So if we're going to operate in love the way Jesus did, if, if we are going to operate as the kingdom of God, think about this. Have you ever thought about what society could be like, what our society in this country, what our society could be like if just the church alone operated according to the kingdom principles? There, there are millions of people who claim to be Christians What if every one of those people operated according to the way of the kingdom? It would change the American society, wouldn't it? See, we're citizens of the kingdom of God. We live in America, thank God for that, but we're citizens of the kingdom of God. And therefore, we should be operating according to uh, the principles of the kingdom. And the principles of the kingdom are the principles beginning with love and how we love. Look at Matthew chapter um, 7, verse 12. Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. So in everything, Jesus said, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. So Jesus says, if you want to know how to sum up all of this, this is the entire Old Testament right here. He said, if you want to know how to sum that up, you can sum it up in one sentence. Treat other people the way you want to be treated. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you, King James Version. And I looked it up, and if you read that in, in any version, because I thought, well, you know what, let's, let's see. And so I looked, at, I think I read probably about 10 different versions of that one verse, and every one of them, me, every one of them, it, wording's a little bit different, but you know what they all say? Treat others the way you want to be treated. And, and, and if we adopt that alone, if we were to adopt that principle alone, if we were to say, okay, we're going to fulfill everything here by one thing, it's all summed up in one thing, and that is treat other people as you want to be treated. If we did that, just that, we could change the world in a, in a, in a space of time. But uh, you could change your marriage. You, you could change your family. See, even if you say, but bud, the world's too big. Well, let, then change your family. And if you say, but, but my family's too big, then, well, change yourself. Because if you start there, it's going to affect everything else. Do to others as you would have them do to you. I know I was uh, in teaching some of this in our men's group, and I said, Here, here's, here's the thing. Treat, think about my daughters as if they were your daughter. You're not going to lust after your own daughter.
I, I'm sure hoping this is the right church, right? So treat my daughter the way you would want somebody to treat your daughter. Treat my kids the way you would want somebody to treat your kids. Treat my wife the way you would want somebody to treat your wife. If you have a husband, treat that husband the way you want somebody to treat. Does, does this make sense? See, it's so simple, and, and, I, and we miss it. We, we're all the time looking for these big mysteries in, in Scripture, and, and there are some beautiful things, and Jesus actually is the mystery revealed, the entire Old Testament. Jesus, well, Jesus was hidden. He, there, he was hidden in there. He was he was the mystery concealed. Jesus was concealed in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, Jesus is revealed. The mystery is revealed in Jesus. Jesus' love came to this earth. The Father is love. Therefore, Jesus is love. Therefore, the Holy Spirit is love because God is love. And God is three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. God is love. So love came into this earth, and love said, let me show you how to do this. Y'all are struggling. So let me show you how to do this thing that I've asked you to do. And how many of us kind of exempt ourselves by saying, well, that was Jesus and Jesus was God. And, well, you know, I'm not God and I can't do what he is. So we excuse ourselves from loving the way he loved. Well, that was him. He could do that. He's God. No, God is living in us. And the God who lives in us said, yeah, maybe you couldn't before, but you can now because I am living in you and I can do in you and through you what you could not do in and through yourself. And the Holy Spirit gives us the discipline. Self-control is one of the things that he gives us. It's one of the fruit of the Spirit. He gives us the, the discipline to be able to walk this thing out. Let me read a couple more scriptures real quick. Because we're talking about the fulfillment. Jesus said, so in everything, do what, um, do what you would have, or, or so in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Dot, 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 dot. How many of you remember in school? You, you know, you got your math problems and here's all these numbers and then there's a line at the bottom and then there's something that says the total and then you come up with adding all that up. And so Jesus is saying, you know what, if you take all those laws, not just the Ten Commandments, take all the laws and you, and you line them all up and you put a line under it and you check it all, what does it come out, what does it come out to say, treat others the way you want to be treated? And this is not a give me in the body of Christ. This is not one of those things, say, well, we're Christians. Of course we do that. If you think that, over the last few months, you probably have not been on any kind of social media. Because I have found those people who call themselves Christians to be some of the most hateful, judgmental people on social media that I have ever seen in my life. 
We all love each other unless you're for the other guy. And then you're stupid. And I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen the post. I've seen so much of, and you've seen it too. If you've been on any kind of social media, you've seen it too. You've seen the, the hate that comes from those people who call themselves by Jesus' name. And Jesus is the way, and what is that? Jesus is the way of love. Because he is love. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. What way? The way of love. He is love. He is the way of love. Does that make sense? He's the only one, the only way to the Father. The only way that we get to experience the, the, the grand fullness of, of this love that he has, we experience that through the Lord. I've got to, uh, the, I don't have a clock today, so um, I'm going to have to put myself on my own timer here. Unless y'all get that clock working. I don't know if it's possible or not. Um, so, somebody came to Jesus asking about this, this, the commandment thing. And so in Matthew chapter 22, verse 34, if you have a thing you want to read it, uh, have a Bible or a, or a, you know, a thing, a thing, whatever the thing's called, and, or a thing, whatever you got. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together, one of them, an expert in the law. So we've got an expert in the law coming to Jesus, and he tested Jesus with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love, the second is like it. He didn't, say, he didn't say, the first one, this is the most important one now. And then, you know, occasionally if you think about it, maybe you might want to look at this other one. He said, the second one is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these Two commandments. Are you tracking with me so far? You come in with a coat, and you go to hang your coat on something. You hang it up here. So Jesus says, all, right here's the hook, the, the hanger, the, the, the thing, the one thing that everything else hangs on. So he said, these two things, if you nail these two things down, you got it all. So he tells us here, if you nail these two things down, you got it all. Very the same as if you treat people the way you want to be treated, you've summed up the law and the prophets. That's how all this is coming together. You're tracking with me so far. So Jesus right now is dealing with these people. And why is he hammering away with this? Because these are people of the law. And all they want to do is stone people. <laughs> I mean, they're ready. They're ready. It, the, the way they have... Uh, dealt with the law and built the law in their mind, they only see 
the negative side of just getting people who have messed up. And so what they're ready to do is hammer down on somebody who's messed up, and, and we have proof of that by some Pharisees coming to Jesus and throwing a woman who they had caught in adultery, which I think is very interesting because most of the time, adultery as they considered adultery required two people. Now, I know that Jesus said, I know that Jesus said, if you've lusted in your heart, you've already committed adultery. So that only requires one person and then a fake person in your head or, or what you're doing with somebody in your mind. And Jesus says, see, there's a spiritual world too. And what I want you to know is you may not be doing it in the physical world, but in that world, you are still doing it. But that's not what happened with these Pharisees because they don't think that way. They're thinking merely physical. So Jesus, they come in and they throw this woman down. They've caught an adultery. And they're sitting here, okay, here's what Moses said to do. Moses said, stone her. What do you say, Jesus? They're all the time putting him to the test. And what they didn't understand is, I'm the one that gave, I'm the one that gave Moses the law. See, they don't know who they're talking to. I'm the one that gave it to. I'm the one that gave it to Moses. And it breaks my heart what you've done with it. And he didn't say that, but that's what I think he probably was thinking. It breaks my heart what you've done with it. Jesus looked at them and said, "Okay, you are correct. That's what Moses said. So let's just start it like this. Whoever of you is without sin, go ahead and you be the first one to throw." Now they're starting to figure out this guy knows something. And he may have heard <laughs> about what I did. And so they all know that none of them are without sin. How many of you know that none of you are without sin? Anybody know that? So we all know that, that we all know that there's not one person without sin. So Jesus in turn puts it back on them and he says, I'll give you that. that. That is what the law of Moses says. He didn't even say you can't stone her. But he brought them back to the heart and the spirit of the law. Because he said, okay, any of you without sin, because see, the law was a schoolmaster to teach us all that we're all sinners. Are you, are you with me? We're, we're just all sinners in need of a Savior. And he said, so go ahead and stone her. And so they started... I think, I, if I remember right, it was started with the oldest ones. They started to drop because the longer you live, <laughs> you know, the more aware you are. I can remember when I was young, when I first got saved, man, I was mean to the, I was, man, I preached so mean to, to the church um, when I first got saved because I did not understand you lazy Christians who didn't do it the way I thought you ought to be doing it every day. And so every Sunday, man, I could, I, I, could, I could beat the living daylights out of you with this book. And did. But then I lived a few more years. See, I started preaching when I was 20, 21. Um, I got saved when I was 21. February turning 21, and then I started preaching eight months later. And um, 
I was freshly, newly saved, and so I had a heart for these people who didn't, you know, who were unchurched, unsaved, disillusioned with church people out there. I had a heart for them, the down and outs and the drug addicts and all those people. Those church people, I did not like church people. And so I would give them the what for every time I got the opportunity to preach. And I love her heart, poor old Carla. She sat through all that. And she was just so kind through it all. Through it all. Through it all. No. <laughs> she was so kind. No. She, she was kind uh, to me through it all, but I, I was really rough. But I lived a few more years. And after you live a few years, you start to realize that, man, I am one messed up individual. And I need all that Jesus can give me and do in my life. And so now, that's why I think those guys were the very first one to drop the stones. Like, ah, man, he messed that one up. And so everybody dropped the stones and walked off. And Jesus looks with compassion and love at this woman. And he said this. He said, go, don't do that anymore. Just go. You're forgiven. See ya. Go for it. And that woman left. That's love. Is anybody tracking with me? That's love. That's the way Jesus dealt with the law. So now he's been telling us the law and the prophets, the law and the prophets, the law and the prophets. How many of you understand? The law and the prophets is all old covenant. But he's about ready to tell us. He's going to give us a... He's, <laughs> oh, having stuff around me while I'm preaching is dangerous. He's about ready to give us a new covenant. Look at with me at John chapter 13, a new, a new commandment. John chapter 13, verse 34. Jesus meets with his disciples just prior to his leaving this world. He's taught them for three and a half years, and he has instilled everything in, in him that he can to this point. It's time to go. And now, he's going to tell them something that is even beyond treat other people as you want to be treated. That is even beyond love your neighbor as yourself. But now, he says, look at this. A new command I give you. Now, when he says a new commandment I give you, is he saying I'm going to give you a new one to add to the old ones? No, because if you look at this one, this one supersedes the other two. It swallows them up. This one says if you do this one, there's no need for the others. And so what Jesus does is he gives them a new command, and this new command replaces all of this teaching, and this new command is this. Love one another but just in case you didn't get it as I have loved you so must you love one another that's big that's huge it's not a suggestion this is not hey guys if somewhere and you're enjoying the freedom that you have in grace you have enough time to be nice to somebody, I think it'd be really cool to do that. 
That's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus said, this whole thing I'm building, this, this whole thing about heaven coming to earth, about me coming here, this whole thing about you praying that, that heaven would come to earth, that whole thing, it's about you knowing how to love the way heaven loves, about, about being loved, the love of God to this world. That's what it's all about. And it's not a suggestion. It's the way the kingdom operates. And so I'm just telling you, I'm giving you a new command. He didn't say I'm giving you a new suggestion. He didn't say I'm giving you something to think about. He's saying, you know all that I just showed you? This is what Jesus, I just showed you that, that the entirety of the Old Testament was about love? Did we see that? Did we see that? Is anybody awake in this room? Did we see that? Yes. Now, Jesus is saying, I'm standing here. All of that old was about love. And I'm letting you know that everything else from here is going to be about love. It's never been about anything but love. It's always been about love. Sum up the old. It's about love. Sum up the old. It's about treating people right. Sum up the old. What is it? It's about loving your neighbor as yourself. Yes, loving God. But Jesus talks so much more about us and how we treat others than he did about even how we treat him. He just said, obey me. And he always equated loving him to doing what he said. Are you with me? Jesus didn't say, if you love me, you'll feel the warm fuzzies. He said, if you love me, do what I say. And that's really where we start to learn what love is. Love is action. I want you to love. This is the new command. This is the upgrade. I want you to love, but I want you to love the way I have loved you. Not just the way you love yourself. I think part of that is because sometimes we can have wrong motives. Can we not? There are times that we can have wrong motives, improper motives. Jesus never had a wrong motive ever. And so he said, if you love the way I loved, you'll never do it out of a wrong motive. If you love the way I loved, you'll always do it. You'll always do it unconditionally. If you love the way I love, how many of us desire the mercy of God? I am so thankful for God's mercy. Who would I be to understand, and this is Jesus, I think this is what Jesus is saying. Guys, listen to me. If you're going to love the way I love, I've given you complete mercy. I've given you complete forgiveness. Now, who are you going to be to receive my mercy and turn around and not give that mercy back to somebody else? You remember the illustration I used last week? How many of you, have, how many of you experienced it this week? 
Anybody remember the one I talked about? Getting, you, you're in traffic, and you make a, you make a bad move, and, and, and you accidentally cut somebody off, and they go into, you know, the international sign of, and you can see their lips moving and, you know, everything going on. You're sitting there thinking, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, because you know you messed up. What are you saying? I need mercy, I need mercy. Two exits up, somebody cuts you off. You, and you're given the sign. And it's not the sign of, <laughs> however you make the love sign. It's the sign of peace minus one. And if you take one away, it's not peace anymore. I have you know that. You understand what I'm saying? Aren't we quick to desire mercy? And yet we're so slow to give it. You ran your mouth when you shouldn't have. Oh. You gossiped about a friend. And they found out. And you just desire mercy. I don't know what was wrong with me. I got caught up in the moment. I said stuff that I really don't believe. It was just when I was around them. I don't know what. I am so, so sorry. And what are you asking for? Will you forgive me? You're asking for mercy. But somebody says one thing about you. And, and you, after 20 years, you're still carrying a grudge. And everybody says, ouch. Are you with me? We mess up and we want forgiveness. But other people have messed up in our life and we haven't given it. And sometimes that's why living a long time helps. Because I've known people who have kept grudges against a father uh, or a mother and um, for, you know, for such a long time. And then after you've lived enough life to realize that you've messed up even in raising your own children, suddenly you have a little more mercy for parents but you're still holding a grudge against mom. And I'm not saying you got to go to mom's for, for, for Christmas or Thanksgiving, but I am saying that you need to set yourself free and forgive her. Why? Because Jesus forgave you. Love others the way Jesus loves us. Love and forgiveness and trust are two different things. You can, you can forgive someone without trusting them and putting yourself back in that situation. Does that make sense? Now, we all love to hear what I just said. Because it gives us an out. But there are some situations that you have run away from that you need to stay into and rebuild trust. See, you just used that that I just said and, and you justified a decision you made 
when maybe what you should have done was forgive them and work on the relationship and rebuild the trust. Is anybody with me? Carl and I have been married 37 years. It's not because neither one of us ever broke trust or ever, or ever uh, did things that we wish we hadn't done. The only way that we've been married 37 years is because forgiveness has always been in play. Does that make sense? If forgiveness is not in play, you're in trouble. Your faith won't even work without love. Paul told the, Paul told the Galatians that, that our faith operates out of love. And if there is no love, then your faith is not going to operate correctly. So it really comes to, it's about love. And there are some situations, and you need to walk with the Holy Spirit and hear this. When it comes to marriage, you better be applying some forgiveness. And some of you are going to say, but don't make, don't make me feel guilty because I'm, I've already gotten a divorce and I'm remarried. Here's what I'm telling you. I'm talking about the one you're in. I'm talking about loving the one you're with. Does that make sense? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm saying make this one work. Because if you don't forgive, here's what happens. And, and this is why this is, Jesus knows he built, us, he built 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 us, he made us, he built us, he made us, he created us. He knows what makes us work, he knows what makes us malfunction. And he knows that we were created to operate out of love. And sin messed that up in the Garden of Eden. But it can be restored. But we were created to operate out of love. That's why, that's why our bodies, even when you hate and you don't forgive, your body will break down. It will affect your body. You'll get irritable bowel syndrome. You'll get, um, and I don't know why I went back to that one after last week. You would think I would have learned my lesson from last week. But... Um, you, they're, they're, you can, they're ulcers. You can get ulcers. Let's move really quickly. I appreciate that one. We get, you can get ulcers. You can, um, all kinds of things can happen in your physical body. Why? Because our bodies were never made to live without love. And so when you're in a relationship that you don't forgive, see, you can be married to the man or your woman you're with right now, but if you're still carrying a grudge, okay, I'm giving this, this is this is a word of knowledge for somebody, okay? I want you to get this. You're trying to figure out why what the, the marriage you're in right now, why it's not making it. And right here's why you're struggling. Because you still haven't forgiven the one that you used to be with. And until you look back and, and forgive that one and turn that loose you're never going to be able to experience the fullness of the one you're in. So you look back, and you say, I'm going to release them. Bud, but you don't know what he did to me. You don't know. I don't care. 
I'm talking about the one who created us. It tells us how we function best. And here's what he's saying. He's saying, you forgive that one. Release him, release her from what happened 10 years ago, 5 years ago, 20 years ago, because what happened then and your unwillingness to forgive that is affecting what's going on in your marriage right now. You'll be shocked at what can happen. And I don't care what you've been through, bud, but I'll tell you right now, if my man ever if he ever goes out on me, if he ever commits adultery, if she ever commits adultery, I'll tell you right now, I'll never forgive. Might kill him. I don't know. Might, <laughs> might pray for forgiveness there, but no, 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 no. D don't do that. Don't do that. See, I know why you do that. You're trying to scare your spouse into not going that route. You're trying to pin them up against the wall to say, listen, big boy, you ever do something like that? I'll tell you right now, if I don't take you out, you ain't getting forgiveness from me. Don't go that route. You just be Jesus and, and walk in him. Some of the greatest marriages I know are people who have been there, but also they learned to forgive. They learned to let go of grudges. Oh, and by the way, and let me say this one other thing because this is for kids. Man. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I didn't know about all this, but I appreciate you letting me in on it, and I'll share it. Some of you kids have had your world shattered by a parent who, who sinned, who went out on your mom or went out on your dad, and you watched the other party what we think is the innocent party, but let me tell you something. There's no, there are no innocent parties. None of us are innocent. But we always make sure that we know it's the person who did the step-outy thing you do. But we don't know what's going on in that home. There's never a reason or an excuse to go there. But listen to me. If you had a parent break your heart because your family was awesome and then all of a sudden it got shattered and now on Thanksgiving and Christmas you have to go to 12 different houses to cover everybody because something a parent did. You can grow up and be a bitter person or you can forgive and release your parent from that and renew a relationship with that person that can, that can bless your life for the rest of your life. That one is for somebody too, and that one is for a, a young person in this room, or more than one, in this room, who is still struggling with hating a parent because he went out on your mom or she went out on your dad and it all got destroyed. And what you don't know is, until you, until you get old, is that everybody is going to go through some kind of struggle in their life. And if you don't learn to give mercy and forgiveness now, you will be so hard on your own self as you get older that you won't even be able to live by the, by the demands that you put with on yourself.
Man, I, well, I don't know. I just can't. So that we're going to end this with just, that's kind of some, some, some words of knowledge that I'm going to put out there and wherever it's supposed to go. God wants healing. God wants healing in you right now. He wants you to receive the fullness of His love and He wants you to experience the fullness of His healing. And, and for you to be able to do that and to love other people, listen to me, we're getting ready to sing. For you to be able to do that and love other people the way we've been talking about, to do to others as you would have them do to you. You don't want to stand in a place of strict, harsh judgment because you haven't lived all of your life yet and you are going to make some mistakes. And when you make them, you are going to long for somebody to forgive you and love you and to give you a chance to rebuild your trust. I'm just going to leave that there. I, I don't know. Man, that's just, uh, I don't know if you're feeling it the way I am, but I am feeling that strong. The Holy Spirit is just laying something down for somebody. He's getting ready. To, he's wanting to set you free today. Precious Lamb of God, for those in this room right now and for those listening online and for those in overflow, you're doing something special in our heart, but it's painful. Sometimes we've lived our life so long hanging on to unforgiveness that that's what's energized us. And if we release them and forgive them, what becomes our, mo our motivation to keep on going? Well, today we receive you, we trade off the motivation of hate and unforgiveness, and we embrace the motivation of love to change this world by treating people right, by treating people the way we want to be treated, by loving our neighbor as ourself, but topping it all off with loving one another, Jesus, the way you love us in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. If you've enjoyed listening, be sure to hit the subscribe button and rate and review the podcast. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you again next week.